This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 15. Can anybody point me to 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the episode this week. Uh, this show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the world's leading source of audio entertainment. I have been a subscriber to audio books through Audible for years and years. I go through more books every year through Audible than uh, I care to admit or than my wallet would care to admit. For the listeners of the Small Moves Podcast, you are entitled to get a free trial as well as a one free audiobook from Audible by going to smallmoves.co forward slash audiobooks. A quick suggestion that I would make for you is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. For those of you that don't know Trevor Noah, he's the current host of The Daily Show, formerly hosted by Jon Stewart. Uh, Trevor Noah is one of the funniest men that I've ever come across in my life, and his book, Born a Crime, the, the title insinuates that uh, Trevor was born in South Africa as a mixed-race child during apartheid, which was absolutely a crime at the time. He talks about his upbringing there and then his travels to the United States. It was really an incredible story. Trevor Noah is amazingly entertaining and he, um, he narrates the book himself, which when it comes to audiobooks, there are, trust me, there are a lot of really great narrators out there, but when an author narrates a book themselves, especially when it's sort of a first-person story, it really adds a totally different dynamic to the book itself. You could really hear the inflection and the emotion where it needs to be heard in the story. Um, I'm a really big fan of this book. I really think that you would enjoy it. That being said, let's get back to today's show. Today, I'm interviewing Jason Skinner. Jason is a business consultant and CPA down in Australia, and he is also a fellow podcaster. That's how he and I got a chance to know each other. Uh, we uh, we podcasters tend to run, run amongst the uh, same circles. Anyway, he has a really interesting take on business development. We didn't talk too much about accounting because with him being based in Australia, Every country has different accounting rules, so it would tend to uh, it would tend to be somewhat limiting uh, for those of you listening. But we did talk about business development and the consulting work that he does for small businesses, and specifically a five stage process that he puts all of his clients through to help increase their sales. And frankly, I thought it was actually really insightful and an incredibly simple process uh, that which most good strategy tends to be uh, common sense ain't so common as they tend to say. But that being said, um, I like us to go ahead and get to the show. But one of the things that we are going to talk about in his five stage process, um, he does have a calculator to figure out uh, this five stage process that he does is offering you the audience of this show as a download uh, through a link that I put in the show notes. So just be aware of that. That being said, let's go ahead and get to Jason Skinner. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Jason, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, man. Um, I was sort of going over a little bit of your background on the intro to the show that the people that the audience heard, uh, just to kind of give them a general idea of what your background is. But obviously, you know yourself a little bit more than I know you. So why don't you just uh, take a few minutes and just kind of give the audience a little bit of a background on to you and the uh the accounting and the coaching practice that you have there. And uh, we'll just kind of go on from there. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Th- thanks for having me. I, um, my background is um, I'm an accountant, a CPA accountant. So I typically um, do a lot of tax and, and those sorts of things. But um, more more interestingly, I guess, is is that I, I specialize in growing businesses. So um, tax is a, a sideline of what, what we do. Uh, most CPAs do an element of tax. But, yeah, so I, I, I specialise in taking a client that wants to grow their business and then um, I work out their goals and where they want to go and then we sit down and map out a plan and, and I coach them through that and, and work with them to um, work with them to, to achieve those goals, yeah. Got it. So the, the how long have you been in the the practice where you are right now? Yeah, well, so we've been um, we've been here since two thousand and eight. So we're based uh, in Queensland, Australia. Um, we uh, I was a sign writer prior to actually being an accountant, so that was a bit of a transition. But um, yeah, so after doing my sign writing apprenticeship, I wanted to get into um, into the office space and and get into um, working with businesses and. That really appealed to me, and um, so, yeah, so I studied studied from there, and yeah, been been loving it ever since. Still do today, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so w- one of the one of the things that I found that I kind of found interesting from our initial conversation when when you and I first met was sort of the the <laughs> there's not too many accountants that I've run into that sort of expand beyond just relatively basic or even if it's even if it's advanced um, um tax advice with regards to their clients not too many will sort of span into into a little bit more of the business focusing on the business growth um of their clients there it's more just it's almost uh, at least my personally, my personal experience with with CPAs that I've worked with here in the states has has been. It's almost more of the the relationship with your accountant is almost more of a reactive situation. It's it's like I made this much money this year. Okay, here are ways that we could you know save here. Here's ways that we can save here, and this is what it is. Or the really great accounting related experiences that I've had are, Hey, I'm expecting there to be a 50% increase in revenue this year. He's like, okay, well, in order to prepare for that, you should probably try and do this this year. Yeah. I'll see you at tax time. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. That's, that's about the, it. Like, yeah, it's so true too. And it's a common complaint. Um, I do a lot of, I do a lot of analysis and listening to our client base and I guess just researching and um, it really is a common complaint out there of business owners. And, and the, the, the problem is, Jason, that you, you, I believe you can't wait that long to see your accountant anymore because, as you know, technology is moving so fast and the, the environment that we're operating in is moving so fast that um, you can't afford to wait 18 months to then get told that you didn't make any money 18 months ago, you know, 
Like <laughs> the world's moved on. The world's moved on so fast, and, and I guess I, I, I call it being a. Um, we we want to be our, our our strategy or philosophy is we want to be history makers, not history takers. And, and your general accounting firms will just be more history takers, where they're just accounting for history that's that's happened. So yeah, you've really got to be on the forefront now, and we want to be we want to be um, setting goals, focusing on the road ahead. And, and testing all the way along and, and making sure we get there. I guess that's the difference or our point of difference with our, um, with our what we do. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what was it that got you wanting to start a podcast? Like how, do, how does that sort of integrate into your, your business as it's currently structured? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, as you know, uh, I listened, uh, I follow um, Pat Flynn and a big follow of the SBI community, uh, smart passive income community. And I was looking for an alternative way to communicate with people um, and I guess be able to offer value and, and show them how I can help them. Um, and podcasting just really appeals to me in terms of a medium to be able to do that because I can research, I can plan things out, the content out, and I can record it and it's there forever. Uh, for people to be able to benefit from, even without having a discussion with me, they can just they can at least get get a taste of um, uh, what it is and how I, I help people. So that's yeah, sure. just a way to help people, really. Sure. Yeah. No. I've I've and I've had a blast podcasting so far. Like how how have you how have you been getting with regards to feedback for your show? Did like do you have do current clients of yours? listen to your show or have you gotten any feedback that way or are you are most of the listeners that you've had for the show so far be sort of new new people that haven't necessarily had much contact with your business yet yeah it's it's a good question the, 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 um, when I look at the statistics and the reader uh, the listener um, results basically um, up until recently it was neck and neck 50 percent of my listeners were in the US and 50 percent were in Australia. And um, okay. just this last week, uh, the US listeners have actually gone past the Australian listeners, so um, which is which is really cool. So thank you. Um, the the uh, uh, I guess, um, and I was at a school a classic case. I was at a school reunion, a thirty year school reunion, the other day, and um, one of the, my old schoolmates came up to me who's got a business, and he said, "Hey." Great job on the podcast. I've been listening to it and I've been – and I said, oh, great. And I just thought he was just being nice. And he goes, didn't know. He said, really, I, I love it um, and, and I've been implementing some of the stuff that you've been um, talking about and, and I'm really enjoying it. So, um, you know, and that, that was just out of the blue. And I thought, wow, it is – you just don't know who's listening out there. <laughs> I know it is funny. Like I've, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of my podcast. Like I, I tell everybody yeah, that fun. I'm doing it. If I, if I get into conversation with people, I tell everybody that I'm doing it and you never know. I mean, just everybody asks like, you know, Hey, how you doing? What have you been up to? Whatever. Like I mentioned the podcast to everybody and it's, it's so cool. Cause I'm starting to get that reaction now where I'm seeing people that I maybe haven't seen in a couple of weeks or a month or so. And, um, I'm getting, 
you know, just them seeking me out when they happen to see me saying, Hey, I've been listening to that show. You know, that there's like that conversation with you that you had with that girl, Monica was really great. Or, Hey, that, that friend of yours, Arvin seems really cool. I'd love to see if you like, I'd love it if you could possibly get him to come back on the show again, because he just seemed really interesting or whatever it is. And like, Hey, these, <laughs> these people are liking, and like these yeah. people are listening. It's like, like flashback to Jim Carrey. It's like, they love me. They really love me. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny situation. And, you know, a podcast is, you know, in the eyes of a lot of people, like a podcast either is from day one or can eventually become a business just like any other business, which I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with. And, um, you know, the, the, the the types of people the types of people and the number of people that listen to a show and where they come from matters you know in a podcast just like it does with any other business that's out there i mean interestingly you were mentioning about the statistics for your podcast which is also part of your business you know how it's been a pretty much a dead heat between the US and the australian markets it's been so interesting seeing those statistics for my show where I have, it's coming from so many different countries that the the biggest percentage is obviously U S by a pretty wide margin. Um, but second to that is Australia. Then there's Poland, Russia, and Japan round, round out the top five, all of which, all of which have a noticeable number of downloads. And then there's probably another, 15 to 20 countries beyond that where the show is getting downloaded to, I would have never thought like, it's amazing. Like I, I, and that, that, that as it applies to, you know, the potential of this becoming an actual business or more of a business than it already is. Like there's this thing has reach far more than I would have ever thought that it would have. Um, at the very least, geographically, I was full. I was fully expecting it to take off in the United States, but the 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 sheer number of countries where I'm getting noticeable amounts of downloads from is really surprising to me. It's incredible. Um, yeah, no, it is. It's fun. Um, can you can you explain to the audience a little bit about, like, say, for example? You obviously do a little bit more for clients than your typical CPA firm would do. What exactly is that that you do? Like, give me, give me, give me a case study, either real or made up. Um, if you've got, you know, if you can give an example of something that you've done for clients without necessarily um, sharing who they are. Sure. Like, can you give examples of so, sort of some of the things that you, like, a process or so that you work clients through that yeah, maybe absolutely. the audience can try and implement? Yeah, so um, the, the, I guess my philosophy and the way I approach business, uh, Jason, is like if, if I if I sat with a client and said, um, "Look," uh, well, actually, let's go back a step. The, the first problem I see with businesses is that they they don't clearly identify the end goal, and the end goal being. What is it that I want to come out of my business at the end of the day? What do I need? Do I need a, a 
a million dollars? Do I need five hundred thousand dollars? Do I do I want to have an overseas holiday every year? So they don't clearly identify their their why or what what you know why they're doing it. So that's probably the starting point. Is we want to know what's the bottom line got to look like? What does this business have to do to meet your lifestyle goals? Because as you know, being in business, it's a it's a long journey you know you, you've got to get up every day and you've got to do this thing so there, there needs to be some sort of tangible outcome at the end of the day so I really I really dig down and, and find that out first because if I'm going to work with somebody I really need to understand that and, and have a good good clear understanding of that and once we do that uh, we then work out where the business actually is now so if, if it's a new business, obviously we're just starting out, well, we've just we've got a long road ahead. But if, if it's a business that's already moving and got some, some trading, then, then we, can, um, we, we identify the key numbers in that business. And that can be an online business. It could be a physical bricks-and-mortar type business. It doesn't matter what business it is. This, this um, approach will work. So, let, me stop, let me stop you there for a quick question. Yeah. Uh, of the client. Of the clients that you have, what what would you say is the percentage of online businesses versus your local brick and mortar type shops? Yeah, it's it's changing. Um, it's a very probably a moderate percentage of online businesses at the moment. Um, the area that that I'm working in at the present time has a lot more physical bricks and mortar businesses. So um, everything everything from engineering to um, you know coffee shop type. Businesses, franchises, etc. Okay, um, but any franchises that we'd be familiar with up over here in the states? Um, probably not. No. Um, oh, there's a oh, we have we have a franchise here called uh, Peter Pit, which is sort of like a healthy, healthy sort of lunch sandwich type. Um, oh, they do wraps and things like that. And so, oh, Subway, Subway, you'd be familiar with. Um, yes. So they are all over the place. Up yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we have Starbucks here as well. So um, yeah, but I, do, I don't sort of look after any Starbucks stores. There is really a growing um, trend though to the online space, and we're seeing it. And our practice is geared up for that. Like, so we we know fully. You know, if a client came into us and said, "Oh, I just got a new domain name and it's hosted here and all those sorts of things," we'd be across that. So we know uh, exactly the language. Um, that, that online businesses speak. And we're actually getting Amazon here uh, at the end of this year, I believe. Uh, Amazon are coming to Australia. So oh, really? Yeah, that's going to be a real game changer for um, for business here um, because at the moment really the only Amazon access we have is via the US uh, store, I think. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be huge. And, and a lot of businesses are actually – prob- worried about it from a you know where they've had their fair share of the marketplace and now Amazon are going to come in and um, uh, get, crush it yeah that's it but uh, that's yeah it's like, yeah it's like you hate, you hate to use that word but it is it's true I think it's a good thing for business in some respects because it, it will wake people up and say hey we've got to start doing things differently you know so um, and, and that's good so but yeah I guess um, in answer to your question, once I've identified that that amount that we need to, to the, the, the magic numbers, I then work on, a, I guess, five key areas of the business. And so it's not such a 
daunting task. Um, a lot of people think if they're going to grow their business, the first thing they've got to do is they've just got to go and get more sales and that's all That's all they've got to do. And, you know, it seems like a daunting task. How do I get more sales? And they focus on just that. But what I do is... Sure. It's like, it's like, it's like oh, my God, it's like we need to increase sales. Oh, God, I have to go hire a salesperson. Oh, you know, can I afford that overhead? Or, oh, my God, I have to you know, spend, you know, 80 more hours a week that I don't have, you know, constantly pounding the pavement and driving everywhere and paying for the gas to drive everywhere. And, and oh my, oh my God, it's, you know, it's overwhelming, but you know, to in, as, as you're kind of saying in, in ways to increase sales, isn't necessary. That isn't necessarily the case. Yes, it's an option, but it's not necessarily the case. Uh, and if I said to you, Jason, we've, we've got to grow you, we've got to grow your, uh, net profit by, you know, uh, 61%, you know, you'd probably, you'd probably freak out and go, what, there's no way we could do that in a year. Um, but with my formula, which is, which is um, it's based on uh, Jay Abraham's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jay Abraham's work, but he um, I, I am. Yeah. So I, I sort of, I took the formula from his book and I basically, I guess, added to it and, um, just just expanded on that formula and and it works on the basis of making small incremental changes in key areas of your business and those mm-hmm. those small incremental changes will exponentiate on each other and and actually give you a, a far better result what I'm talking about there if if we make a 10 percent increase in these five critical areas so each of the five critical areas we we make a 10% increase, well, overall, that results, so that adds up to 50% when you add the, the 10s together. But um, it actually results in a 61% change in your bottom line. So by making an overall 50% or 10% change in, in five small increments, we actually get a 61% change in, in the bottom line. And that's with, that's with just a 10% increase in each of... Whatever these categories are, yeah. So, um, so the first, the first category. You see, you wanted to know the categories. Yeah, l- yeah. let me know the categories. And 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 one question that I have is, what whatever these categories are, do you address them? Do you attempt to address them simultaneously, or is this sort of a check, you know, a checkbox process where we focus on focus on item number one, get that up ten percent. Great. Now, item number two, get that up ten percent. Great, and then, or do you sort of work on them individual? Do you work on them all at the same time? Um, preferably, uh, it, it really depends on the capacity of the of the business owner at the time and where they are. Because, got it. If if a business owner is suffering overwhelm and they're already burnt out and stressed, then I'll break it down into smaller bite sized chunks, um, and and just start to get some. I guess momentum and some positive, positive sort of uh, reinforcement back in the in their mind. So it really is driven largely by um, by the business owner themselves. However, if, um, if on the flip side, if someone came in and said, "I'm ready to grow, let, let's go, go, go," well, well, we'd we'd work through this calculator that I've got, and um, and we we work on all five at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to give you the far, faster results. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you course, sure. need a little bit more hand-holding and coaching um, to, to get you going. Sure. 
So um, the first area that, that I guess we want to look at in, in a business, before we can make a sale, we need a prospect or a customer, an inquiry um, to, to inquire about our product. So that's what we typically call a lead or, or a prospect. So we want, we, want, we want to be getting those um, prospects uh, in the door. So we want to work on that area of the business because we can't make a sale without them. After that, we want to look at um, converting those prospects into actual customers. So we want to change the relationship we have from being a cold sort of prospect, uh, customer-based, uh, sorry, prospect lead into an actual warm relationship being a customer. And, and we, want to, we want to nurture them into, into, that, uh, into that relationship. So they're the first two critical areas because once we have customers, we can then make make a sale, and um, and that's that's obviously important. Sure. Um, once we've once we've got those customers, we want to look at what is the average amount of money that they are spending with us uh, per transaction. So. You know, if, if we're looking at, and this is um this is a classic. Uh, McDonald's do this really really well, as you know. When when they're always asking, do you want fries with that? Um, they're always looking at um, the the average dollar per customer. They're they're trying to get you to buy more in that one transaction. Um, sure. In an online space, um, that's when you get these. Um, one, what they call one-click upsells when you're checking out of the – so you, you may have been there before, Jason, where um, you're buying something online and as you go to check out, they say, oh, by the way, um, Mary Jones, um, who also bought what you're buying, she bought this as well. Would you like one of these as, as well? Um, so so that's what we – that's getting that average dollar uh, spent per transaction up. And then we want, I am well aware. <laughs> we've all been, we've all fallen victim to that. Oh, I'm a sucker. My wife, uh, my wife says I'm a marketer's dream, so <laughs> I always uh, have to buy everything. Um, and then, uh, funny, funny. My, my wife, my wife Carrie has said the same thing about me. So she's some <laughs> must be something to do with me. Jason's. <laughs> finally, finally, she's finally gotten me in in a remotely close to being under control but uh yeah <laughs> not quite <laughs> not quite um yeah so so once we once we look at the average dollar per transaction we're spending and and that's really easy to calculate too by the way um jason and i've got a i've got a calculator here that um if anyone's interested i can um, give you the give you the link to and um you can put it in yeah that'd be great I'll link, I'll link it in the show yeah, notes yeah. Um, but uh, it's a really easy step-by-step calculator to go through. Then we then we want to look at the number of times that, that each customer is coming back into our our business. So, you know, we might be currently, um, say, selling one thing to uh, to a customer, but if we actually reach out to them and, and contact them, you know, in two or three months' time, and we actually collected their details so we could make contact with them we could possibly check in see how that thing's going with them and would they like another one or is there we've also got this that complements that would you would you so it gets them coming back um, and that's so that's the number of times they buy per year office and then finally so that's that was the fourth item and then the fifth item or fifth key area that we want to grow is in our efficiency of delivering that product or service. So, 
if it's a service-based business, that means we want to be able to deliver that that sale or, or product um, more efficiently. So we're maximising the amount that we can do in our, our time. If it's an actual product that we're selling, such as a book or whatever it is, then then we want to um, improve our buying price, our buying price for that item. So and there's lots of ways you can do that um, with with better payment terms with your with your suppliers and wholesalers. Um, yeah, there's also all sorts of ways we can get in and do that. So they're the five key areas. And as I say, if I said to you, oh, grow your profit by 61%, uh, you'd, you'd, get, you'd just laugh at me. But but when we sit down and break it out, um, you know, if you're, if you're seeing, if you've got 5,000 5, prospects coming in a, year into your business and you improve that by 10%, well, that's only 500 extra you've got to get, which is really not that, really not that hard. So, um, sure. yeah, so that's, that's, that's the deal. Yeah. So, uh, with, with, with the calculator. Now, out of goofy curiosity, um, this is a, this is a process that you do initially with your clients. Um, is this something that, <laughs> do, to use your own model about the repeating purchases, like is this is this sort of a five step process that you get these businesses to sort of actively do constantly, or is it or is this something that you would say, okay, you know, retail business, you know, retail business A, whatever whatever the company is, it's second quarter. You know, it's second fiscal quarter. It's time. You know, twice a year we go through this exercise, where we'll say, okay, from you know April, May, June, these three months, we're going to focus on working our way down this checklist and do ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. Then we hit third quarter. We use the third quarter to adapt our business operations to sustain that level of sales and then fourth quarter do it again use the for first quarter the next year to adapt to the new level of sales and then to do it again like is that is that a process of how you choose to manage this with customers or is this more of an organic process that just kind of goes on forever yeah no, it, um, in answer to your question there's a couple of ways that i do this um, some clients um, like a one-on-one approach and so we, okay. so we meet every quarter. We set the goals um, and the action steps for the quarter, so for the three-month period. And we, we put in place, uh, we go through this calculator and we work out, okay, well, this is what we're working on for this quarter. So we want to get our prospects up from 5,000 to 5,500, say. Now, how are we going to do that? And that's when we set, we do a big, I, I use a lot of mind mapping and uh, whiteboards and strategy stuff so we we map it all out and say okay well, how how can we best do that where where's the low-hanging fruit that we can do that and we typically work on a um on an 80 20 situation so um what 20 percent of effort uh, is going to give us the 80 percent results that we're after and and that's really important sure. because business owners are time poor and you know, so we always want to be working about working out where is the maximum return for the least amount of, of, of effort, and um, so we work that out and set those goals for the quarter. 
Um, we we have uh, software, analytical software that we have in place with our clients, so we can we can watch it real time what's going on, and then uh, each so on a monthly basis, I, I educate the the uh, business owner to look at. Uh, each month, look at their dashboard, how are they travelling, how are they travelling, and make final adjustments. And then once a quarter, I sit with them either via um, Skype or so we can do this virtually, um, and we uh, we work through the numbers and say, okay, how do we go? We tick off, work through the five five key areas, what other issues uh, came up, did we make it, did we make it, and then we set the set it again and, and go again. So we just keep fine-tuning in it. Business is really about making small incremental adjustments. To, I guess if you picture a, um, a picture uh, a, a big row of dials and each dial that you turn, like on an amplifier, each, each dial that you turn um, causes a different outcome. And that's, that's what business is about, is, is really turning the right dials in the right directions the right amount. <laughs> so... Um, Sure. We we want to do that, and and that's that's what I do. My coaching um, and educate, and I educate. I, I sort of I don't do it for the client. I educate the client because I want them to be self sufficient. I want them to learn the skills and and grow um, themselves rather than be sort of dependent on me. I'm sort of there as a as a, a coach and a uh, mentor. I hope that answers your question. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, it does. So so adapt. It uh, be- best to adapt the particular approach to the individual client, just based on sort of their capacity and their openness to do to implement the strategy and on whatever frequency you feel That's is best for them. Yeah, it really is a personal thing. I don't. I do have a um, like a, a business boot camp that I do as well, which which is where we have. It's a little bit like a mastermind where we have five businesses all in the one room together, and we work work on they work on their respective businesses but share ideas etc but yeah it's a it's a different style again it just really depends on the business owner yeah that that's a strategy that seems to work really well in the u.s market i'm I'm not sure if if it's particularly different or less popular down there than it is up here but that that's a that's a scenario that's incredibly popular in the business market up here from what i've seen for at least small for at least smaller businesses where <clears throat> you'll see a room is like in in a room you'll have you know the state farm insurance agent and the real estate agent and the guy that owns the jiffy lube shop and just all all of these random people that seemingly have no connection whatsoever to each other's businesses but one might have just an industry standard solution to a little problem that's their own that's a little problem to them but is breaking the back of the person in the other industry but they just haven't fit, stumbled upon the right solution just yet whereas like you'll have the real estate agent over there in the corner banging his head against a wall saying that he's having his you know all the trouble in the world with this particular problem and like the state farm agent on the other side of the room raises his hand and he's like um try this yeah go to this website and try this program it's $15 a month and it fixes all your problems yeah yeah meanwhile the other guy the other guy has been 
like it's like the other guy's been the real estate agent's been contemplating professional suicide for two years because of this problem, and it's like <laughs> it could have been solved for fifty. It could have been solved for fifteen dollars a it. month had he just asked the right person. Yeah. yeah, look, and that's so true and so um, so common because what it tells me, Jason, is that um, fundamentally, as business owners, we all um, have very similar problems. And um, but each business owner, in particular, on, depending on their industry, etc., sees them from different perspectives. And when you're the outsider looking at a, at someone else's problem, you can you can see it a lot clearer quite often because uh, yeah. So the, the mastermind groups work really really well for that. They they just, yeah. just and it's like a support network, and people go, "Wow, geez, I didn't realize that." You know, Joe, the real estate agent, is having the same problem as, as you know, what Mary's having and, and vice versa. You know, I guess it's really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and not to mention, scenario as the administrator, as the administrator or the coordinator of a group like that, it's actually an incredible. I would imagine I've I've never been on the coordinating side of something like this, but I would imagine it's an incredible learning experience for you. Because you get to see, it's like, oh, this is a problem that spans five different industries. Yeah, you really do get and just yeah, and just from from a business perspective, and that's a, I think that's something great for the audience to hear is that if you proactively go out of your way to get people in multiple industries to kind of knock heads together, you can start seeing trends, and you can start seeing like the common threads of things that are going wrong in one versus the other. And as a business person, you can say, well, I can fix that. Or I may, or maybe I don't know how to fix that now, but I can clearly see that there is a market for this thing to get fixed. So I'm going to go out there and try and learn how to fix that. And I'm going to go out and fix it. Yeah. Um, and oh, by the, oh, by the way, I have my first five customers in this room. That's it. Yeah. You know, we've got the same problem. Yeah, yeah. Look, it—it's it, uh, one of the things I just love about business, and and people laugh at me when I say this, but but most importantly, I love about accounting. Um, <laughs> not many people say that, but um, not many, yeah, the, not not many sentences start. <laughs> um, I'm usually I'm usually quite lonely at a party when I start with that one, but um, yeah. So <laughs> it's. Um, <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Jason, and I love accounting. Um, the um, The reason I do is is that the numbers don't lie, and you know it all balances at the end of the day. And you can it's a bit like reading tea leaves. You can you can sit and look at a set of numbers and actually see what's going, get a really good feel for what's actually going on in a business, and then with just some some just asking the right questions around those numbers, you can get some really big solid outcomes happening you know you can get some make some really profound differences for people so uh, yeah it's business is a business is a great and entrepreneurship is a great great place to be for sure now as a case as a case study i'm curious this this little five-step process that you walk your clients through how often do you take yourself yourself and your company through this process like is this some is this something that you implement on a relatively frequent basis uh, good question. I, I don't know if you've heard the story of the mechanic and his car. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> 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 it's usually the one up on the hoist, <laughs> um, still waiting to be fixed. But um, in answer to your question, seriously, though, um, yes, I do. Probably not as much as I'd like to because I'm always sort of focused on other people's businesses but but certainly on an annual basis I do sit down and look at this and work through it and and see where see where I am on the landscape of, of my goals and um, and yeah it's, it's the, the same formula it's, um, it's yeah so how, and how big how big is your practice like is like how many people what what's the sort of what's sort of like the ideal sort of client like, like how many, how many clients is like, and is your, is your business sort of broken down between these are the, the, this batch of people we do just taxes for, and that's, I'm making numbers up. That's this portfolio of 5,000 people and companies over here. And then when it comes to actually the next level business services that you offer them, that's these 150 companies over here. You know what? How, how do you? How do you? How does your practice balance that yeah, way? Yeah, good question. So we've got um, we've got six staff, um, and my wife works in the practice with me. So she's she's um, she sits she's on reception. So she's our director of first impressions. We call her, and um, so I love that. <laughs> I heard that term. No, I heard that term. I I used to be in the mortgage industry way back when. I'm 37 years old. I should never be allowed to say way back when, but anyway, way back when. And the, that was, that was a term that was thrown around by a lot of people in the mortgage industry, that that should be the name of one of your first hires when you're building out your team is going to be the person that has direct initial contact with customers. Some would call it a reception, you know, some would call it a receptionist, some would call it, you know, like a personal assistant, whatever it is. But this is the person who gives the very first impression of you and your professionalism to the world because they, every person in the, on the planet that contacts you is going to go through this person. So they're like, this person needs to be highly skilled. They need to be very good at their job and they need to be well compensated for that job because without that, without them doing that well, your business ends at that phone oh, call. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, no, I love only, that. Term. Got, I love that. Term. You only got a very short, uh, window of opportunity to make, um, make that first impression and um, that, that has to be good and seamless and competent. You know, the person doing that role needs to, to really understand everything that your business is about. So she's, she's ideal, ideal for that position because, because um, it's her, her business as well. So she, she gets it. And, um, and she also takes a lot of work out of, um, of, of myself and the other accountants that are in the practice because, um, she she can answer a lot of questions that don't need their input. So and she knows everybody and knows their name and who they are and this sort of thing. So yeah, that's that's um, that's critical. But we the way the way our our business is structured, um, I guess we we have a, a percentage of of it, uh, people that just come to us uh, because they just want their business taxes and finances done. Um, but then we have have another percentage that we don't do any accounting work for. We just do um, consulting and coaching work for. So they don't. We actually work with their accountant. You know, we we get their numbers and we actually help help them grow because um, it, it's it's better for everybody. Uh, so yeah, 
it's, hmm. it's, a, it's a real mix. Real mix. Gotcha. Hmm. Gotcha. So for for people, so for people that are listening, let, let's say for example, let's step back in the evolution of a business for a second. You, we've been talking about, you know, people that have companies that are looking to potentially grow sales. What about you know somebody that's sort of a nine to fiver at the moment that's looking at starting their own company? Like, how would this process apply to them? from like if they're working from scratch like how would you approach this this process with somebody that like either they just went out got a business loan and bought well actually that that wouldn't apply you know if they bought if they took out a loan and bought an existing company it would just be like any other company that's existing it's like start doing this immediately but for somebody that's starting an online business that has no current revenue like how like per se no customers because they have no revenue how would you apply this model to someone like that yeah it works really well with um with the person that you described um because i have this i have this belief that it's a lot less expensive or a lot cheaper to plan things on paper and spreadsheets than it is to go and start spending money to find out the hard way so, um, sure. you know, if you, if you, and I, I've seen this before, um, I've had people come to me and go, oh, I've just signed up a five year lease, uh, on a, on a, on a shop and I'm going to put, you know, whatever in, in, in that shop. And I say, do you know, there's six other of the same businesses in that same street. Like you've just signed up, like do your market research, you know, do your numbers. And, and this, this calculator, this calculator will, um, work all that out for you it'll work out okay well I, I, I guess I'd start I'd start with a, a strategy session with somebody that is described and say okay really you're passionate about making widgets and then find out why you want to open a widget business because um, you, you may not you may be good at making widgets but you may not be good at running a business or you may think you want to have a business but Really, you just want to make widgets. So um, it's really important to get that why sorted out first and planned out on paper and you know, uh, really map it out. Then we can work backwards and we can work out the numbers. We can work out what what actions you would have to put in place at each of those five critical areas and um, to, to achieve achieve that. And then it just becomes a, a check checklist type. Um, scenario then okay well all the numbers have added up yes we've worked out we can do it what are the important things we've got to do first to get momentum you know and then and then go from there so and then I would hold their hand through that process to to work out whether whether or not it's a a viable business or not got it yeah the um you, you've you've mentioned that kind of trying to figure out what their why is. It's funny, like back back in episode nine of the show, um, that I, when I interviewed George Bryant um, from Civilized Caveman, he he harped very strongly on that point. Um, that was an amazing conversation. When he he dr- he drilled down pretty heavily onto that particular topic because they think that that's really sort of the key to everything else, not just necessarily business, but life in general is kind of figuring out what your why is like, what is, what is that process for you? Like, what is that process for you that you do with 
your clients? Like, how do you walk them through that process? Cause that process can be hard because it's like, it can be hard slash scary slash terrifying slash enlightening. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many emotions that get wrapped up into that because it's so much more than business. If you're doing it, if you're doing it right, the answer to that, the answer to that question, the why the answer to that question is so much more than just this little business that you're trying to launch. Like, how do you walk people through that process? Yeah. So it's probably my most favorite part uh, to work on because um, it's more psychology than business um, as such. And a lot of accounting is, is psychology because um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a, a business owner that I was working on this very process recently and we started the strategy session and I said, so let's let's just put a – I use mind maps. Jason, I don't know if you're familiar with mind maps, but um, I use a, a software. I'm, I'm not. Really. Okay, so, so basically mind mapping is, is like very much like brainstorming, but um, I use a program called MindMeister. Again, I'll give you a link in the show notes for it, but um, MindMeister is um, – what I, mind mapping is about starting with a, a central theme and then just, just talking generally about that central theme. So I'll draw a circle on the board and I'll start start with the person say, right, I'm just going to put this here um, and it's and I'll label it goals. These are your goals. And, um, and I'll just start a general discussion around that and say, what do you have any current goals that you're working on? And this person that in particular that I was talking about said, no, I haven't got any goals. I haven't had time to have goals. I'm busy trying to get my business to grow and da 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 and keep the doors open. And I said, all right, well, I'm just going to leave this goals idea here. And then we then just went through further discussion. And as I discussed stuff, I would identify key key things that come out of the out of the discussion and just flesh it out a little bit more. And as we worked through, we, we spent we spent half a day together. And by the end of it, I had a whiteboard full of goals that they did actually have. And you know, there were some amazing goals in there. Like one of them was to go to Italy was was their goal, their their lifelong goal. But they they'd been so overwhelmed with business they'd completely buried it and forgotten about it. And and I brought all that out. And when you bring all that out, it does two things. It a gets it gets it um, out of your head and frees your mind, and it um, it allows you to um, work out whether or not that's still important. Because sometimes you might put a goal up on the on the board, or you might have a goal in your head, but it, when you analyze it, it's still not it's not relevant anymore. Um, or it's yeah. so so free your mind. Um, so I do. Yeah, it's like you. You might since since you came up with that. Since you came up with that idea, you know, whenever you came up with that idea, it's like since then you might have gotten married, or you might have had kids, or you might have yeah. had like you 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 always said you always said that you know you wanted your goal to be to be able to travel the world. But last summer you happened to travel down to the coast and you got bit in the leg by a shark and now you're not particularly excited about the idea of travel. You know, you're not particularly idea about traveling to all the great scuba diving spots all over the, all over the planet anymore. Now you're kind of thinking mountains might be a better idea, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, and, and that's, that's the process that I love starting with. Like 
we really flesh out exactly what it is your why is all about. Like that's that's the most important thing because you know life isn't a life isn't a rehearsal. You know we we only get one go and um, and it's really important that, that that if you're going to build a business and you're going to be an entrepreneur, then you've got to be you've got to be really lighting that flame in you because it's a long it's a long road. You know. Um, you don't want to be dragging yourself out of bed every day. You want to be jumping out of bed. That's 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 what I try and get business owners doing again. Got it. And you only get one. It's like you only get one go round unless you practice Buddhism. You have to keep that. That's it. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, no, that's interesting. No, I think that that's a that's a pretty solid place to wrap up. I like I like kind of where we sort of fo- focus on that as being sort of the pinnacle of where the businesses need to go is before, before you even get into this little five-step process that you use through the calculator on the website that I'll link to before you even do that. There are some other things that you need to figure out in your own head first. Um, So I think that that's a, that's a solid thing to kind of end on. Cause I think I want everybody that's out there that's thinking about starting a business or that already has their own business. Take a pause for a second and Ask yourself that question. Is this, are you doing this for the right reasons? Why are you in, why are you in business? Why are you in this business? Or why do you want to do that business? Are you doing it because you love it and that it fulfills what it is that you're trying to accomplish? Or are you just doing it for money? And if, if, by the way, if doing it for money is your why, then you've got bigger problems to deal with, uh, you know, and you should probably go and talk to someone. <laughs> um, no, uh, Jason, this is a, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate it. Um, one last quick question that I like to ask all the guests on the show, um, and you, your answer to this question can be subject matter specific. It could be something that we've been talking about here. It can be something that you've experienced with your clients, or it could be something completely unrelated. Um, what purchase have you made in recent memory of $100? Huh? You. U.S. Haha. So do the conversion in your own head. Feel free. It's like of a, of a hundred dollars or less that has had the most dramatic impact on your life. Um, it could be something. It could be, and that could be all the way down to free. Whether it's you know the family, like one of the things that uh, that I mentioned early in one of my earlier episodes was that thing for me was free. It was my wife and I both use iPhones. We figured out the home sharing calendar feature in the calendar app and on iPhone. So we always know where the hell the other person is and where and when and how all that works. And oh my God, it saved like 15 phone calls a day forever. Like it's like compound like fifteen phone calls a day, compound interest forever. Like it was it, that was incredible, and that was free. So like it, it could be all the way down to something like that, or it could be you know a noisemaker that finally lets the the little one in the house sleep so that you could sleep. Whatever it could be, anything. Like what 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 would that thing be if you had to name one? Um, that, that, that's that's well, it's certainly. Um there's there's an there's an app that I I came across um, called Adobe Spark, and um, I've always 
why it's been benef- beneficial to me is that um, it's a, so it's a graphics program for, for doing posts for social media and those sorts of things. Um, why it's been uh, beneficial for me is that it's just cut down so much time that I spend mucking around with images and um, trying to get posts up on Facebook and that sort of thing. So from a business perspective, it's been a game changer. Like it, it will do video, it will do um, just static photos. Um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not an ambassador of the company or anything like that, but it just, just has been a game changer in terms of um, efficiency and productivity in my business. And you said that's Adobe Spark? Adobe Spark, yeah. There's, there's two versions. There's a free version, uh, which I started with, and um, it, it, it does everything really well. Um, but then I, I upgraded to the paid version, and um, I think it's about $100 a year. Um, uh, but you, uh, it, it will actually put all your branding in. It saves all your branding and your colors from your logo and everything. So whenever you're doing an image, for a social media post, it's you can hit the branding button and it'll brand that image to look like your branding. Uh, yeah, oh, it's wow. pretty impressive, and it's just oh, that's yeah, cool. and it's a game changer. Like it's it's in terms of efficiency to get to get because uh, as you know, um, doing all this, it's one thing to do what you do, but then you've got to market what you do, and it can be quite time-consuming social media and whatnot. So this this to me. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm downloading it as we speak. <laughs> we um, can put the link in the show notes. Jason, this yeah. Been, yeah, I will I will definitely put the link in the show notes for everybody as well to uh, both the Android store as well as the uh, Apple. Yeah, and, and you can there is a there's a desktop version of it as well that that's sort of a cloud based desktop version that you can so you can just go into Google Chrome and or whatever browser you use and you can put in Adobe Spark and you can. Uh, use it use it on on your desktop as well. Okay, yeah, I will. I'll I'll tra- I'll track that down as well. Cool. Jason, this has yeah. been great. Um, where can the audience find you? Um, tell uh, give give them a quick rundown about your podcast. Tell tell them about what your show's about and where people can track you down for your business and your show and on the socials or wherever. Yeah, sure. So I've got um, my my podcast is called The Business Made Easy Podcast and you can get access to that on, uh, it's on Google Google Play and it's on iTunes, on the iTunes store. Uh, The easiest way to get any information or any any help would be to go to my website, which is uh, businessmadeeasypodcast.com. And I've also got a Facebook group, a business group. So I've got a bit of a community uh, going of like-minded business people um, and we get over there and have a chat and people ask questions and I answer any questions that business owners have. It's a free group to be part of. Um, the only the only uh, caveat around it is you, you want to grow a business and be passionate about business. And you can look search for that in um, Facebook uh just, just search for the under groups for the Business Made Easy podcast group. Okay, yeah. that sounds great. Jason, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me, Jason. It's really good. Good to, good to be here and have a chat with you. Yeah, man. You Take too, it easy. Man. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the show. I really enjoyed that talk with Jason, and uh, I think he really has an interesting take on the strategies needed to increase uh, revenue in a business in a very simple way. I just really thought that that was a great great perspective that he had to offer. And it's definitely something that I'm going to be applying myself. I've already downloaded this calculator and I've been working working on it for the last couple of weeks uh, just to sort of do what I can do on my end. I recommend that you guys do as well. Also, if you wouldn't mind leaving me an honest review on iTunes with and let me know what you think of the show. I read each and every one of the reviews of this show as that's really important for me to sort of know what my audience is thinking and what you're hearing And also those reviews and the number of reviews that are on there really help other listeners find the show through iTunes. iTunes being a glorified search engine is basically what it is. So those reviews and the number of reviews is incredibly helpful for me. So that would be a tremendous help if you could go over and leave leave an honest review for me over there. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast. And I will talk to you next time around. You've got this.